and welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio, a biweekly podcast devoted to examining successful marketing strategies driving new business development at law firms from the largest international firm to the solo attorney. In every episode, you'll find actionable takeaways that you can implement immediately. The podcast is a production of Picture More Business, a corporate photography studio with a core focus on the legal industry. I'm Michael Meyer, the host of the Legal Marketing Studio. In this episode, I am joined by Davida Perry and Janice Robin. Davida is the managing partner of Schwartz, Perry & Heller, a boutique law firm focusing exclusively on representing individuals in all areas of employment law. She holds an AV rating with preeminence from Martindale Hubble, and New York Magazine has named her a woman leader in the law every year since 2012. She has co-authored numerous articles and publications for programs sponsored by the New York State Bar Association, the National Employment Lawyers Association, and the Practicing Law Institute, and has lectured extensively on employment law for various continuing legal education providers. Janice has been practicing law for over 30 years, focusing on family law and insurance defense. Her family law practice is rooted in her own custody battle, a battle that provided her with insight into what it's actually like to be a client in a separation and custody battle. One of the only female lawyers in New York with a master's degree in litigation, she has represented physicians in hospitals, represented and sued pharmaceutical companies in pharmaceutical products liability cases, and has represented insurance companies, national accounts, and third-party administrators in general liability matters. She has appeared on NBC News with Aza Ahrens and published many articles in trade journals and various other publications. Davida, Janice, welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio. Thank, Thank you. you, Michael. So let's just start just with a quick snapshot of each of your firms. How big is the firm? What kind of uh, clients and what kind of cases do you, do you work on? And sort of why do you have the focuses that you have? So my firm is comprised of myself and my partner, Brian Heller, and we focus on representing individuals either in the workplace or who have been let go for discriminatory reasons under the state, city, and federal human rights laws. I'm talking about age discrimination, race discrimination, sexual harassment, any of the protected categories that are under the human rights law. And we will represent anybody from the person who works at a fast food establishment to a CEO at a Fortune 500 company. doesn't matter. If they've been victimized, then we can help them. My firm is small. It consists of me. I'm the primary attorney, and I handle small divorces, simple divorces, custody battles. Again, it doesn't because of my experience and what I went through in my own custody battle. I understand what it's like to be on both sides of the of the table. So I try to handle each person uh, with as much care as necessary. However, if confronted with an aggressive attorney on the other side, we'll take them to task. We're actually here to talk about networking. And I was introduced to a graphic designer who was telling me about this great networking group that she was part of and the backstory to that group, which you guys founded. And I was wondering if you could give me the background of, of the networking group and, and the name of the group also. Sure. Well, the group came to be as I was speaking with a friend of mine who was in another networking group, and he was telling me about how great this networking group was and how much money he was making. And I, you know, it was just fantastic. And I said, um, you know, colleague, I won't na- mention his name. I said, you know, I want in. And he said, oh, you can't get in, Janice. And I said, um, why not? And in my head, I thought, oh, because I'm too stupid, too short. You know, my firm isn't big enough. Whatever, whatever any insecurities that I had just came flooding to the forefront of my brain. And he said, no, because it's all men. And all we do is drink scotch, smoke cigars, and talk about our wives. And I said, but I can do that. And he said, you're not welcome. So I thought, how unfortunate it is that I can't join this particular networking group, but 
you know, I can do this. And I called up Davida and I said, do you want to create a women only networking group similar to this, where we don't smoke and drink and talk about our wives, but we do different things and, you know, have a, have a safe environment uh, for women business owners to network. And Davida was all over it. She said, I'm in. And so we became co-presidents or co-founders. And then it took us a while to come up with a name. And I'll let Davida talk about the name. The name is, it's gone through a couple of iterations, but it is the Women's Empowerment Networking Group that we refer to as WANG, W-E-N-G. And so the group started with Davida and I and two or three of our friends in Davida's conference room that could seat uh, seven people. Yeah. And within four, maybe four meetings, we moved to somebody else's conf- conference room which had maybe 15 seats and you can sit around the room. And now we've grown, we've outgrown that conference room and now we're looking for, you know, paid space. So really in a very short period of time, we've been able, because women, you know, are, I'm not going to say need this, but are thirsty for an environment where they can network with other successful women. And that's, you know, it really has exploded. What are some of the the benefits that that you found, or that your you know some of the members of the group perhaps have talked about in being part of a group that that's all women? The relationships that we've established, just sort of a different take on helping each other generate new business, sort of that feeling that you want to pay it forward and you want to help people grow their business, and on the flip side of that, they want to help you grow their business. There's a, almost a caring feeling to it, which is remarkable, I think. Right. I mean, it's it's definitely a, a networking group where we're interested in inc- improving our all of our net worths. And, and I'm not saying that we're all doing it as a group doing that, but I think that everybody in that group uh, truly likes everyone in the group and always kind of has their back. And it's different. Just the vibe in the room is different than other networking groups. Both Davida and I belong to other networking groups. And a lot of people in the room belong to different networking groups. And there is a overall resounding agreement that the vibe in the room is different there than it is in all of our other networking groups. I agree. Definitely. I mean, you you mentioned other networking groups Mm -hmm. uh, that you're part of. One thing that I think is interesting about this group that you've set up is that you've set it up and having set it up, you're sort of the center of it. I'm curious how that makes the group different for for you two particularly, um, and perhaps the other founding members compared to, say, another group like BNI, which I know you're both part of BNI groups? Well, I, I mean, it's just sort of a really rewarding feeling to watch something that a year ago was in the room that we're in right now, which seats like seven or eight people, to sometimes there are not enough seats for people to sit in, and Janice and I end up standing. And so there's something really rewarding about sort of watching your baby grow. So every time I walk in, every other Friday, I have that feeling of pride. And I, I, I like that a lot. Right. And I think, I think that Davida and I feel very responsible, not necessarily for the, the members directly, but in, for the success of the group, which means the success of the members. I mean, it's very nice to meet other people and expand our network. But as I often say in the room, um, this is not just about, you know, holding hands and going forward. It really is about trying to help each other maximize our net worth and maximize how we can help each other. So when you got the idea to set this up and actually held the first few meetings, how, how particular were you in, in, in doing that? Or was it sort of ad hoc and it's been sort of figuring it out 
as you go? What, what did that process look like? Well, we knew right away that we didn't want that there would be one seat per industry, so to speak. So, you know, one employment lawyer, one matrimonial lawyer, one photographer. So we knew that right away in terms of membership, but it sort of evolved over time, you know, trying to figure out what makes the most sense. I think the most, the first meeting was mostly lawyers because that's what was our network because Davida and I are both attorneys. And then there was, um, uh, you know, the, we had a, a legal headhunter and she knew a lot of people and she, you know, everybody was just bringing guests from different areas of our world. And now out of the, let's say 30 people that come to the meeting regularly, only about a fifth are lawyers. And it's a lot of other people, a lot of other professions are there. Did you have ideas for targeting specific, to steal a phrase from BNI, power spheres? You know, bringing in lawyers, bringing in, say, people that are going to work together in real estate or work together in the creative fields. Um, did you think about that at all? Or were you looking really for just good networkers? I think good networkers. Yeah. We weren't trying to replicate BNI. I mean, certainly there's some great things about BNI that that we like very much that we've, you know, that we've tried to incorporate. Tried to incorporate, but nobody in the room thinks that we are we're trying to copy BNI. Correct. I mean, one of the things, so I, I network a lot, and what, every time I go to a different group, there's always strengths between one or the other, uh, and there's always, of course, downsides to one or the other, and, and they're different for everybody. What those are for each group, I'm curious how you see the particular strengths of of Wang compared to some of the other groups that you're part of. You know, uh, not necessarily talking about the other groups, but what are those strengths? What are those differentiators for, for Wang? I think that's a very interesting question. And again, I, I have to go back on the vibe in the room is just different than any other room. And whereas the other networking group that I go to is also early in the morning, and it's not that it's hard for me to get there, but it's a, you know, when, when people walk into our room, I believe that they feel empowered. I believe that they feel a sense of empowerment. And maybe it's because all of the women there want to feel empowered from everybody else, but there is just that sense. And I know that every other Friday, my day is a, is a totally different day than the Fridays that we don't meet. And I don't think that I can say that, although I enjoy the other networking groups that I belong to, and they're also, you know, there's a reason that I go to them. It's a different feeling for the rest of the day. And I think that, that most of the women in the room would say that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's, we had a members only meeting last Friday at our last meeting and the women were raising their hands to give their feedback. I mean, we just, there, we couldn't get to all of their questions. They're very engaged. I don't see anybody looking at their cell phone the way I sometimes see at other groups. They just seem very focused on the reason why they're there. And I agree that the vibe definitely feels different. Have you run into any, any challenges in building the group and growing the group? Anything that, that you didn't expect to encounter as a, a challenge that you thought would just kind of flow well, smoothly? I didn't expect it was going to grow that quickly. So right. suddenly space became an issue and, you know, paid space and dues and would people still want to participate if they had to pay dues? And the really exciting thing that came out of that last members only meeting is that everyone, all 32 people seem, you know, are still in. They were, they're happy to uh, continue on. So that was great. Right. I agree that I, I think that we're both surprised that it grew so quickly. 
you know, there are different people in every group that, you know, somebody wants us to start exactly on time. And then there are people that always straggle in. So the person who wants us to start on time is always looking at her watch and touching her watch. And, you know, Davida and I look at each other. Do we give everybody two extra minutes or not? So that becomes a little complicated because Davida and I really, although at the members only meeting, the whole point was to get feedback, but ultimately it's Davida and I that are making the decisions for the group. And that's a big responsibility. I don't think that I thought in advance that it was going to be so difficult to make those decisions because you want to take everybody's opinion into account. So that was, that's complicated. Yeah. And then small little things where you almost feel like a teacher, people get upset if somebody replies all to an email and then, you know, I have to not reprimand, but small things that, you know, you didn't think that you'd have to get involved in end up taking up part of your day. Have you come across any unexpected benefits, either as a member of the group generally or as the founding members? Anything that's really surprised you? I mean, I've gotten business from the group right off the bat. So that was great. Um, I didn't expect it to happen so quickly. And certainly the relationships have been really great. Right. I, I agree. The relationships are terrific. Again, I think the benefit is being in that room and, you know, kind of being part of empowering other women and them being part of empowering us. So it's, it's a net, it's, it's, it's more than, you know, improving our net worth. It's improving our, you know, who we are as people and in as entrepreneurs because even though you know we're all kind of their our own little entrepreneur you know that empowerment and taking it all hopefully we'll all take it to the next level i mean we were actually thinking of having you know two groups because our group got so big the question is is davida and i always talk about how big how many people do we want to have in that room is 50 too many you know is 30 too many should we stop at 30 and start another group so that's one of the questions that davida and i struggle with all the time you know how where where are we going with this and where do we see us in a year i don't think that we thought last year starting as a group of seven that we would be um 30 plus and getting dues and um you know buying space for our meetings and what's going to happen next year i don't think that we've really had that thought yet we're just hopeful Davida, when we were doing some of the when we were doing the prep call before the before the interview, you had mentioned one of the challenges you face in your practice is following in the footsteps of your father, who was also an attorney, who had a very easy knack for being a rainmaker. And I'm curious if part of starting this group has helped you at all in figuring out how to emulate some of the things that he did or to find your own way. Well, I'll never have rainmaker status like he was. I don't know anyone that I mean, I tell this funny story, and I may have told you, he was in the hospital with something not serious, and he came out of the hospital with, like, two clients. And <laughs> I, I remember saying to him, like, Dad, what were you doing when you were in there? You were <laughs> supposed to be getting better. But he was always, he could go anywhere, a restaurant, a party, and somebody always called him after and whether it turned into business or not, you know, I don't always remember. But he was, he just was a born rainmaker. And it doesn't come quite as easy to me. So for me, this group has sort of allowed me to kind of find my own way in the whole rainmaking networking sphere. But he had some great lessons. You know, I've, I learned a lot from him. I don't think I could ever really emulate him. But seeing what he did will be something that I always kind of take with me in whatever I do. You know, you're, so you're at about the year point of, with the group. What kind of return have you seen on it at this point, whether that's financial, you know, in terms of 
new clients or sort of less tangible in terms of relationships that you've built or you know, ideas that you've gained or insights that you've learned? What are some of the returns that you've gotten even in just a, a year's time? For me, it's all those, you know, financial. I know other people in the group have gotten business, so definitely financial, certainly personally rewarding and just the people that a year ago I didn't know any of these people and now they're part of my life. You know, I do things with them. There's social things that go on that people are starting to propose. So it not just fills the professional area, it fills the social area and personal area too. So Right, I I agree. I I think that uh, a lot of people in the group have gotten business. I personally have gotten business. I think that people would not be staying if they hadn't gotten business, especially now with the dues that we're now starting to charge. And we are starting to do this there at this members only meeting, there was kind of a resounding, yes, we want to get together socially. And someone opened their home uh, to a potluck dinner. So we're going to do that. And then other people want to do things on the weekends. Some people have children, but we're all <clears throat> not only, as I said, you know, it's a, it's a network group to increase, to increase our net worth, but also to increase our social life and, and world around, you know, you don't get business by giving somebody a business card. You get business generally by having a relationship, maintaining the relationship, developing a trust with them and moving forward. And that's really what we're trying to do. Stepping back previous section, I actually have one other quick question. In the group, if you change your messaging in terms of how you talk about what you do compared to, say, another any other networking groups that you do or in terms of how you put yourself out there online, do you in this group talk about your business differently? Is, you know, do, you, do you change that at all? That's an interesting question. I haven't yet, but I have some ideas moving forward. That's just for me about how I, uh, how I do that. I actually have. In the other networking groups that I'm a member of, I try to be a little more creative in my branding. But in this, in uh, in our group, I'm a little more serious. I think maybe because uh, Davida and I are the running the group, I think that I shouldn't be as funny, assuming that people think I'm funny. No, <laughs> she's very funny. <laughs> so I, I do. I'm, I'm a little more serious in our group than I am in the other groups. As you were forming the group, I know. So it came came out of not being able to join this men's only group. Correct. Which I'm floored that that's still a thing. Um, so are we. <clears throat> <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, how important was it, you know, in starting this group, I mean, clearly you're like, well, there's a need for this. How much do you play up that aspect of the group in terms of, is that empowerment aspect from an, a driving goal of the group aside from or independent of building the network and building the businesses of, of the members of the group. Well, that story about how the group started never gets old. Those ladies <laughs> right. want to hear that story at right. the beginning of every meeting and they applaud. So if I that- tell at every meeting, actually, when we open them, when we open the meeting, I tell the story because I think it's important for us to realize why we're there. And, you know, we, we could have just had, let's have another networking group, Davida. We can do this too. But I think it was very important. You know, when, when I took a step back from that story, I mean, there was no question that it was going to be an all-women's networking group. I mean, I went to Barnard. You know, I went to an all-girls college or all-women's institution. I went to a primarily all-women's high school. So I'm used to kind of, you know, being around women. And it's always a totally different vibe. I, I can't tell you why. I just know that 
and I'm sure the men's group is a totally different vibe. When you add, if you go to an all boys school or an all men's college or an all men's whatever, uh, it's a totally different vibe than when you start having women um, enter the their area and vice versa. You know, so the um, I think it's it is very important to be all women. I think that that would be if if we started en- allowing men into the group, it, it wouldn't be obviously it wouldn't be the women's. Right group, but I think it, again, I th- think I have to fall back on it. There is a different vibe in the room than there than I've experienced in other networking groups, and I can only attribute that to it being all um, all women. You know, one of the points made at uh, this diversity lunch that I was at earlier in the week was that there are conversations that happen and networking opportunities that are missed, not only in some of these networks that are all male but are even missed in sort of mixed gender groups. Do you find that there are conversations or that there are links made or ideas shared that might not be shared even in mixed, in mixed gender uh, environments? Well, look, I mean, the reality is that you're in an all women's environment and it's a, it's a different, it's a, there's a different safety involved. So I do think that when you're with your girlfriends, you have a different conversation than if you're with your husbands or your boyfriends, you know, definitely there are different conversations. But I, I think that it's hard to pinpoint, wow, I had this conversation here because it's an all-women's group. But, there, you know, it's unquestionable when you're in an environment, you know, with like kind, for lack of a better term, all women, all Jews, all blacks, all whatever, the, the vibe for me is different. I mean, the only thing that I can say is the day that I presented myself at our group, I don't think, I, I think Janice there. wasn't there. Um, I was giving an example of a sexual harassment case, and that sort of opened up unexpected, really intense conversation among the members. We were much smaller then. I don't think, I think if there had been men in the room, that never would have happened. It would have gone a different way, or it wouldn't have happened at all. So, I mean, but that's very specific. So usually in the close of these conversations, I always look for like one or two takeaways or one or two tips or pieces of advice. So I'm, I'm curious. If you have a couple of pieces of advice for other women who are looking for networking opportunities, call us. Call us. Group. <laughs> call, us. <laughs> call us. Yeah, I mean, the goal is, again, to get it bigger and then to see where we're going to take it. Maybe we will. We meet every other Friday. Maybe we will meet every Friday. Maybe Davida and I will start, you know, maybe there's going to be such a need that we'll have other groups. I think, I think the sky's the limit. I think that women underestimate themselves in how powerful we can we are and we can become with each other with each other definitely well Tavita Janice thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the legal marketing studio podcast thank you thank you and thank you to our listeners who've joined us for this episode please remember to subscribe to the podcast the legal marketing studio can be found on iTunes SoundCloud and Google Play extended content including photographs and links can be found on our website legalmarketing.studio Note that there's no .com. It is just legalmarketing.studio. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss or know someone who might, please send an email to producer at legalmarketing.studio or reach out via the contact page on our website, legalmarketing.studio. The Legal Marketing Studio is a production of Picture More Business, a full-service corporate photography studio focused on the legal industry based in Brooklyn, New York, and working with clients nationally. If your firm is updating its website, hiring new attorneys, or revamping its brand and marketing materials, give us a call. We'd love to explore collaborative opportunities. More information can be found at picturemorebusiness.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening.